Welcome to This Week in the Bear Cave. I am your host, Dennis Zarrell. This week, we are brought to you by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County, the historic Butte Theater in Cripple Creek, Colorado, bringing you the best production in the United States, and Animus Wellbeing, your nutritional consultants in Woodland Park, Colorado. Well, without jinxing it too much, I'm still enjoying this amazing fall season at the moment. And in spite of all the craziness going on in Teller County and the world in general, it's still a pretty great place to live. And uh, we'll be talking some more about that insanity in just a little bit. There is a bit of a schedule change for this week. We did have our title sponsor from Abode Real Estate, Josh Dorsey, scheduled this week. But he's out of town, so we bumped up another title sponsor from Animus Wellbeing into the Bear Cave this week. And that is Chef Christy Link. And she'll be coming into studio in the next segment. So we will reschedule Josh for, I think, Halloween Day. That's when we're going to have him record. And uh, that way we won't miss any insight on this ever-changing real estate market. Maybe it's spooky. That's why we have him on Halloween. I don't know. Also joining us later in the show is the manager of the Butte Theater and one of our title sponsors, our friend Zach Stanio. We'll be catching up to him and find out what's going on in the Butte Theater up in Cripple Creek. Well, by now, you should have received your ballots in the mail, and I'm hoping that you all have not sent them in just yet. In fact, the ballot I got was for one of the propositions, but next week, we have Teller County Commissioner Eric Stone coming into the Bear Cave, and we'll be discussing that con game called Proposition HH. Yeah, in my opinion, that prop is a big piece of ass and it should be dumped on the dung heap. And uh, don't be deceived by those fluffy commercials that you've been seeing on the tube lately produced by the Democrats either. You know, usually I don't take sides with either political party, but this time I'm with the conservatives on this one because all the Democrats want to do is take and eventually eliminate your Tabor refund in order to pay for all those stupid social programs and the other worthless laws that they voted in. And then they're telling you it's all about lowering your property taxes and beefing up those state coffers. Yeah, you know, don't buy it. It's all a lie. But we'll be breaking it all down next week with Commissioner Stone. So hold on to those ballots when you do get them for just a minute after maybe next week's episode. And then send them in, take them in, or vote in person. But either way, make sure that you vote. Also joining us next week on the Bear Cave Hotline is our friend from the Teller County Sheriff's Office, Lieutenant Renee Bunting. And she's going to be reminding us about all those uh, Halloween do's and don'ts. Those safety tips that help us enjoy the celebration, which is also paying for your dentist's new Porsche. But uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm looking forward to those uh, conversations. As it stands right now, the second week of November, we have Woodland Park Mayor Hillary Labar coming in for the Mayor's Corner. And of course, uh, one of the hot topics in Woody P right now is voting on the STRs. Well, there are two different ordinances to choose from coming up for this special election. And uh, I'm sure that we're going to be discussing that along with uh, other issues as well. But uh, man, I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for these elections to get over. I am so over listening to all the banter going back and forth and who said what. The candidates going back and forth and uh, it's the trolls, the trolls on social media. I am so over all you people. So I can't wait for that election to happen and uh, just get it over with. Get on with the business of teaching people and doing things and living a normal human life, for God's sake. Well, as I mentioned earlier, the world is in such a chaotic state at the moment, and we still have uh, people like Vlad the Impaler trying to save a, a faltering campaign and taking over Ukraine. That campaign is not looking all that great. And then the only fat man in North Korea is helping him beef up the ammunition stockpile. I'm sure it's a way for the Chinese and Xi Jinping to use their puppet to help out his fellow commies. And uh, in return, maybe Vlad will throw a few bushels of grain towards the fat guy and his starving country. But in the meantime, it has been reported that the little fat guy, Kim Jong-un, has upped his public executions to about 100 so far this year. The latest executions have not been for violent crimes like murder or espionage or anything like that. Nope, not at all. 
They have been publicly executing teenagers for watching movies from South Korea and listening to K-pop music. Yeah, that's what's been going on. Others have been executed for illegally purchasing and selling meat from cows owned by North Korean authorities. And of course, what the norm is, is that they're rounding up spectators to watch this whole spectacle. And this is how they are strengthening control and prompting fear amongst its citizens. And that's, uh, that's what the little fat guy is doing. And then, of course, we have Israel ramping up its operations in the Gaza against the terrorist group Hamas, which has led to more insanity. And that insanity is happening in the United States. Yeah, now we have American citizens fighting each other because of the conflict. Pro-Palestinian protesters from major colleges and universities are protesting against Israel. And of course, most of these people inciting this nonsense about poor Hamas are the good old democratic socialist professors and teachers running their mouth holes from institutions such as Harvard, Stanford, and a handful of other woke colleges. It just amazes me. And, and of course, the you know students get into it. They're inciting fights between Israeli supporters and Palestinian supporters. Look, your job is to teach. Nothing more, nothing less. We don't care about your progressive or your conservative opinions and ideas. Quit using your positions and platforms to further your stupid personal agendas. We don't care. Shut up! What we care about is giving students a good education. That's the least that they deserve, knowing they're going to be in debt for the rest of their lives let alone having to listen to these idiot professors and teachers in colleges and universities across the country. And of course, you know, once they get called out on their opinions, then they take a step back and it's like, well, that's not really what we said. No, it's exactly what you said. Put a sock in it and concentrate on actually teaching something useful. If that even exists in institutions of higher learning these days, I mean, my God, you have one job and that's either be a student or be a teacher. Now, I'll defend your right to protest all day long, but do it off campus, especially if it's a public school that we're paying taxes for, and not in the classroom. And some of the things that are pouring out of your faces are simply amazing to me. I mean, it's hard to believe that there is any intelligent life left on some of these campuses these days. You know, and that filters all the way down to the high school level, as is currently being demonstrated by our Keller County candidates. You know, people are so hell-bent on proving their own superiority and caving into their own egos that they're only making themselves look even more pathetic these days. It's really sad. So I guess in the meantime, I will just sit back and watch these politicians eat each other alive in both parties. Yeah, I'm wondering how many rounds the House is going to go through this time to uh, finally get a speaker that's going to pound that gavel. It's going to be interesting to find out. But I do stand by my offer from last week, and that offer was to pay for Rashida Tlaib's one-way ticket to Gaza. Yeah, we'll pay for it. Yeah, we'll stand by for her answer. Crazy world we live in, Cubs, but uh, the best thing I can do is get down to the business of living and living free and watch all these fools just kind of self-implode. But in the meantime, I am still praying for term limits. Yeah, that's what we need. When we come back, we'll catch up with Chef Christy Link from Animus Wellbeing. We'll be right back. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Teller County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at C-S-A-B-O-D-E.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied. 
Back to the Bear Cave and in studio this week is another one of our title sponsors from Animus Wellbeing. It's Chef Christy Link. Hey. Chef Christy, how you been? I've been healing still. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The last time you were on, you were just uh, broken a bunch of bones in your hand and your ankle and all kinds of stuff. Well, when I said I've still been healing and healing and healing. It's amazing to me how much time it takes the body to recoup. Yeah. Well, you know, the older we get too, it takes a little bit more time because I, I remember I broke some bones when I was younger and it seemed like I, I healed up fairly well. And even in my twenties and maybe even my thirties, I don't think I broke anything in my thirties, but. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get it. The older you get, it's, it's, uh, it gets kind of tough and it gets to be a challenge, but uh, so how are you feeling? Everything's going okay? Um, it's coming along. I will say that the hands improving, the ankles a little less grumpy on a daily basis. So I'm pretty happy about that. Hey, in the meantime, uh, you have started to branch out into different avenues. And I, I don't know if a lot of people know your background, but I used to kid around and say that you are the most educated woman without a job that I've known in my life. <laughs> That's not the case anymore, thank God. But uh, you have got a background as a voice talent, as a model, as a makeup artist, as an actress. A whole bunch of stuff. And that's just one facet. Then obviously you've got the chef talent going, you've got the nutritional consultant thing going, but now you have gone back to your roots as a makeup artist. Tell me about that a little bit. This has been a wild ride. I will tell you, because when I was doing makeup in the late eighties, it's not something you could really make a living doing. So much to my surprise, Wedding makeup has brought a new career path and reintroduced a way for me to make money working for myself again. And it's something I forgot how passionate I am about it. Well, when you say you couldn't make a living as a makeup artist, was that just because of geographical location? Because if you're in LA and you're a makeup artist or Chicago or one of the big markets, you can certainly make a decent living, right? Well, back in the 80s in Utah, it's not something that you made a living doing. It's something you learned to do. I learned to do it when I was still running an agency back there. And it was a way for me to help my talent at the time. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you ran a modeling agency for a while as well. I did. I'm a Jill of all trades. What was that like? It was amazing. It's one of the best professions I've ever been in. Because I know all the uh, agents I ever had when I was doing that acting thing for a while. Yes. I fired a lot of them. That's probably why I couldn't get one in, in Utah. Well, I don't know. I was a very good agent and it's something I really enjoyed and helping people with their makeup. It just seems like coming home. So how did you fall into the whole makeup thing here in Teller County all over again? Well, as I'm not sure that you were aware, over at the Aveda Salon in Woodland Park, she's had me on call doing facials for the last couple of years during the summer months. And there was a couple of calls that came in for makeup. I'm like, sure, I can do that again. And then I got hired on at Garden of the Gods on an on-call position as well. And I love it. I've had such an amazing time helping ladies get ready for their day. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of expense though. I forgot how expensive this line of work really is. Yeah, nothing's cheap anymore. No, nothing. Okay, equipment, makeup, I'm guessing the chairs and mirrors, whatever else goes along with it. It's all money. Yeah, you're all, you're rolling a sum. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, is this a division or a part of Animus Wellbeing or are you integrating it into that company? How is that all going to kind of work? Well, Animus Wellbeing was created for my chef cooking classes, nutrition classes. So I wanted to do something under in the shadow designs because it's special. It's artistry. And I think it just doesn't really fit with Animus. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is. It's in the shadow designs. And, and that's kind of evolved as well, too, because that started off as kind of a uh, home interior type of thing, right? And then it was that kind of went away. And then it was uh, maybe some cooking stuff and, and that kind of went away. And then now 
I've noticed uh, on your social media page that it is strictly just makeup and artistry and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. I decided the best way you can do a business is if you're on your own. Yeah, that's probably the best thing these days because uh, I don't know how many stories and articles I read about partners who are screwing over other partners these days. I guess it's just the way of the world. I don't know. (laughs) I actually think having someone to do business with or a partner is as difficult, if not more so than a marriage. Yeah. Well, like they say, don't borrow money from your family. That's another thing, right? Yeah. And be very careful who you choose as a business partner. No, I I get that part. I've been through that once or twice before and it, it just didn't end well. It's really hard to find someone who really has a vision. And I usually find out that if I have a partner, one of the two don't work as hard as the other one. That's usually the case. Yeah, you wind up holding the bag, you know, because your partner just bails on you for some reason. Mm -hmm. Or they think that they can park the business for two or three months or six months and come back and pick it all up. And it just doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. Well, with the whole makeup thing now, is it theatrical makeup? Do you do that or do you just do like, now you don't do like special effects or anything like that, do you? No, my interest was in photographic makeup. It's still the part that I like the most. So wedding makeup was kind of an adaptation for me, but that's life. But I have seen you do some uh, pretty crazy Halloween makeup. I've seen some of your pictures and some pages and that was, that was pretty awesome. You know, there's just something about makeup that is exciting. The fact you can alter someone's appearance. And I think special effects makeup is something that there's definitely a need for it. But I love special event makeup like prom makeup or a special evening out. It just, it's exciting to me and very enjoyable. About theater type of stuff, have you ever dabbled into that at all? Not as much as I would like to. Maybe we need to get you in contact with our other title sponsor. You know Zach's Daniel. I do. And I have yet to approach him, but that's in my plans. Better get it together and get up there in that beauty theater thing. (laughs) Get that going. Absolutely. All right. Well, you got that going on, but uh, you still have the uh, nutritional consultant thing happening too. And I've got to tell listeners that uh, I actually tried one of the recipes I think you're going to talk about today. And uh, all I can say is that I didn't know what to expect until I plopped it in my mouth and it was heavenly. I'm telling you. And and what do you call those things? Oh, these are my amazing egg and artichoke heart bites. Oh, wow. Very easy. The entire recipe from start to finish takes about 35 minutes. And I guess it's a year round kind of a treat or, or food because right now everybody's kind of getting back into the stews. It's kind of the fall weather. We're eating a little bit more hearty, maybe a few more potatoes. But uh, I plopped one of those things in my mouth and I was like, oh, wow, what is this? <laughs> you know, the funny thing about the egg bites, I get tired of boiled eggs, scrambled eggs. It's just a different approach. And it's so simple. And the thing I like the most is the fact I've got these beautiful silicone muffin cups. I can reutilize them. They heat well and they make the perfect three or four little bite treats and I can pre-do them. So I can pre-make them and keep them for up to three days in my refrigerator. Silicone. That's right. That makes sense because uh, you're probably saving money in the long run, right? These cupcake holders or whatever you want to call them, they're made out of paper generally, aren't they? They're paper or you've got an aluminum muffin pan. So cleanup is more of a nightmare. I like these little cups because they're easy to clean. After I take little bites out, I put them in a different dish and then I just pop those little cups into my sink. They clean up easy, dry beautifully, restack them, put them away. Getting off the subject a little bit, and we'll come back to this this recipe and this amazing dish that I just put in my <laughs> mouth hole. Um, aluminum. When you bake or you cook in aluminum, people are always freaking about metals, the type of pots and pans that you buy. Is there any danger with cooking with aluminum? I'm not a strong proponent for aluminum. You can tell how much I know about baking. Okay, here's the problem. A lot of the pans, nobody really knows what they're made out of. If they're aluminum, they're mixed, I'm not really sure. All I know is that cleanup is a nightmare on them. And I really don't want to be eating something, a coating that might come off. So I would rather use silicone. But my question is, if you're using one of these aluminum holders, do you pour the material actually into that aluminum? Of course. Or do you pour it into a holder that goes into the aluminum? It depends on what you're making. If you're making a cupcake, you're pouring it into a paper liner. Yeah. 
but with an egg bite, you're not. It's too much liquid and it may or may not work. I would rather just invest and have the little silicone cups and use those. See, I'm still freaked out by everybody talking about, hey, if you cook in this pan, you're going to get some kind of metal or it's going to absorb in your food. And then I'm going to wind up with like, I don't know. Stainless steel is the best heat conductor. And especially if it has a copper lining, which most higher end pans do. So I prefer those. Plus they'll last you a lifetime. Well, I cook on stainless steel, all clad pans. They don't have any lining, but it doesn't seem like there's any danger with with that kind of There isn't. No, there isn't. But if you remember everybody growing up, we all had a mom that had a fry pan that had a coating. And over time, that coating lifted. Oh, yeah, yeah. The old Teflon used to come off. Absolutely. And you would be ingesting that. Oh, yummy. So, mmm, love it. (laughs) So let me ask you this. Uh, I'm just, I'm all over the place here because this is kind of interesting to me. To me, I like cast iron. I didn't know much about, obviously, I don't know anything about cooking other than I like cast iron because it stays hot. It, it heats up really quick and the cleanup is is very minimal. What do you think about cast iron? I love cast iron and I especially love enameled cast iron. Cast iron doesn't have any coating on it, enamel or anything. It's just basically the cast iron, which heats beautifully. A little harder to clean if you happen to burn something. But typically to clean one of them, you would put Himalayan salt in there and wipe it out because you want a buildup in that pan. The more buildup you get, it takes care of itself and it doesn't rust. Well, I've seen people just cook and they just wipe it out with a paper towel and that's it. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, is, is that unsanitary? I guess not. It's hot and it's a perfect way to clean them. I actually love my cast irons that have an enamel coating over them, like a great stew pot. They heat very, very well. You can saute, start to finish, make everything in one pot. Okay. And I'm, I'm with you now. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of some kind of a, like a fry pan kind of thing with, it has some kind of a spray coating on it, but you're talking about the, uh, the big like casserole pans kind of thing, right? Like the Cuisinarts. Um, they are worth the investment. If you have one, again, it'll last a lifetime. They clean up really easy. And if you happen to burn something in them, put water in them, put them back on top of the stove and boil it, it'll lift it out. Is there some kind of cooking or cookware that you would not recommend that someone buy? Anything with coating in it. Any type of fry pan that's got a Teflon coating in it. And people still use them. Well, people were selling it because it's uh, nonstick and it's easy and your egg slides right out without burning. But uh, in the meantime, you're ingesting some kind of fuel. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Lesson learned on that one. But uh, plus they're kind of cheap. Well, and I prefer glass or ceramic. Yeah. Another great way to bake a casserole is in a ceramic pan. Yeah, makes sense. See, glass freaks me out too, because I'm thinking I'm going to pull something out of the oven and it's going to shatter. They do. I'm in glass fatigues. It gets older and it will fatigue and eventually it will break. So bottom line is get cast iron with uh, the coated cast iron pans and or I haven't seen any frying pans that were coated with that kind of material. No, I have an outset that it's an enameled cast iron pot that I bought when I graduated from culinary school. It's the best $60 I've ever spent in my entire life. Yeah. And still my go-to for my soups, my stews. Perfect. Well, the thing is, is I think I bought these pans 20 26 years ago, All Cloud, which is a, it's a great product. It's a great label, great name. And it costs quite a bit of money, but it's worth it. It's been 25, 26 years mm-hmm. and uh, it looks, looks great. Exactly. And they are easy to clean. If you know how to clean them, they are a dream. So why keep replacing something when you can make an investment and have it for 20, 30, 40 years? All right. Getting back to the the good stuff again, because uh, right now, you know, people are probably going to the bathroom and listening to me talk about hawking product for all clad. <laughs> Maybe. Which uh, I wish I was because then I'd be getting some money from them. But uh, getting back to this, uh, this whole egg bite, is that what you call them? Artichoke egg bites, right? Yes. I got to tell you, it sounded so weird to me. But then when I ate it, it was magical. It was like, oh my God, what is this? They are absolutely delicious. That's all I can say. All right. Well, how'd you find this recipe or how'd you come up with it? Because you've modified, I'm sure knowing what I know about you, you're constantly modifying stuff because everybody has a different taste, especially when it comes to recipes, right? So tell me about these these magical little things. Well, even before I went to culinary school, 
I've had this thing with recipes. I've always substituted, cut things down, added things, taken things out. To me, being in the kitchen is magic. So if you don't prefer artichoke hearts, you'd rather use some bacon in there. Love bacon. Anyway. Yeah. Or broccoli. You can saute any vegetable, really, and substitute it to your taste. So I happen to love artichoke hearts and cheddar cheese. A little bit of, instead of breadcrumbs, I like panko. It's a lighter type of a product. It's not as heavy. You can also get panko flakes with a little bit of Italian seasoning in them. Okay, well, what's the recipe and how do you make these delicious little, I don't know, it's like egg crack to me. It's so (laughs) awesome. But uh, Artichoke egg bites. All right, well, tell me about them. You're going to start with eight eggs, put them in a bowl, get your shells out of the way, set that aside, and then you're going to saute half of an onion and one clove of minced garlic. Am I whipping the eggs? Not yet. Just a minute. Gosh, you're getting ahead of me here. All right. You're going to saute your onion and your garlic. You've already cracked your eggs, so you've got eight eggs in a mixing bowl. Plus, you need one can of artichoke hearts, preferably in water. So you're going to drain those. You're going to chop them up into little pieces. You can also put them in a food processor. I like a rustic approach, so I like to just cut them up. So I'm going to add that into my eggs. Then I'm going to add a fourth of a cup Swiss cheese or cheddar cheese. It's really what you prefer. You can even use Parmesan cheese. Oh yeah, the gooey stuff. (laughs) And I like to use just a fourth of a teaspoon of Italian seasoning. I also use a fourth of sweet majorum or basil. Here's where you can kind of play with this recipe. What you prefer or you can add or subtract what you'd like in here. I like the panko flakes as well. So I use a fourth of a cup dried panko instead of the breadcrumbs and one tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce and three tablespoons of cream. So when you say not the spray canned, but cream, heavy cream that you use for whipping. Okay. So you add that little bit of fat in there to the recipe, whip it all up. Then you're going to pour into your silicone cups. You've already sprayed with olive oil. And then you're going to put them on top of a baking sheet. Set your oven for 325 and set it for 15 minutes. So if it needs a little more time because of our altitude up here, that's fine. Oh, don't forget your artichoke hearts. I'm sure I've already put them in. But make sure everything's in your bowl. And then you're going to whip it and put it into your little cups. Stick it in your oven. Check back in 15 minutes. You might need to add three minutes. Once they're done, pull them out. Let them cool, pop them out of the silicone cups, put them in a container, and you can store them in your refrigerator for up to three days. All I can say is that uh, when you gave me that one, I popped it in my mouth. I should have recorded it because it was just like, oh my God, what is this? It's so easy. And yet, if you can do it on a day off, you have breakfast for the next three days. Hey, there you go. Because uh, we love this busy lifestyle where we're just, it's, it's kind of grab and go or we'll get that extra 10 minutes of sleep in the morning. And then it's like, oh no, now I got to jump in the shower, get cleaned up and running out and usually forgetting to eat. I try to eat breakfast if I can, whether it's, you know, some cereal, granola or something like that. But these things, you're right. You just grab one or two and put them in a plastic bag and you're off to the races. Take them to work. I mean, I usually take boiled eggs, but they get kind of boring. I'm not a big boiled egg fan. I'm not either. And I decided after doing the one frittata recipe last winter or last fall for the bear cave, that it would be nice if we could do something that was a little more individual. Yeah. You know, especially for kids, because kids, you give them a great big square of frittata and they're like, oh good, I get to take this to school with me or ugh. But the thing about egg bites, they're small, perfect size, they look great and they taste amazing. Amen to that. That's for, that's for sure. It's really weird too, because you never think about artichokes and eggs. At least I don't, but everybody likes artichoke hearts. Well, I've met a couple of people who don't. What's wrong with them? I don't know. I've always wondered that myself. Fine. You can't have one. <laughs> Here's one other little tidbit that I like to give people. If you pull into say Starbucks and you're getting one of their little egg bites. No, thank or, you. Well, you're looking at a seven or $8 breakfast. Yeah, for sure. And I can take 6 or $7 invested into everything, probably less, and eat on that for the next three days. Yeah. It's a matter of economics, especially right now. People do not have expendable income. Everything's going up. Wages aren't. But everything else is. Boy, that's for sure. So 
I like to help people to eat better, to nourish their bodies and also not waste food. Yeah. How many of us want to eat healthier and our intentions are good? So we go out, we buy all the stuff, we bring it home. It's like, oh, and then we wonder why we're throwing it out three days later or a week later because we forgot about it. Yeah. Not that I'm trying to bag on fast foods, but I, but I kind of am. I actually don't remember the last time where I went through a drive-thru and had fast food. I, I don't remember. To be honest with you, the thing that stops me about most fast food is the fact my body doesn't like to eat lard. Ugh. It really, it does not agree with my system. And the other concern I always have is the sodium. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember one time driving back to Salt Lake and I'd stopped with my mom and we had got something, I think it was from Burger King. By the time we were halfway there, my feet were swollen. My mom's feet were swollen. Like, oh God, mom. That <laughs> the just whole car is swollen. Yeah. And it to me, sodium is a major factor, even a lot of your frozen foods. And I know everybody has the intention of trying, you know, there's so much to do. And when you're working full time and most people, both parents now are working. Yeah. People, I believe, are relying too heavily on a frozen food to feed their families. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know it's hard to pre-plan things or to set aside that little extra time, but sometimes an hour or even 40 minutes once a week, you can make a huge difference in your health and in the health of your family. I have to admit that uh, on occasion, I will get uh, some maybe frozen lumpia or items like that that are frozen that I'll put in an oven. It's a treat. Yeah. Or even, uh, you know, I like, uh, there's certain chicken nugget type things that I like to eat. I'm a habitual label reader and if it's got good stuff in it and there's certain certain brands I like you know versus other ones but that's about it for me I mean I I don't uh I just I enjoy fresh food and to me just eating something frozen or then again I'm a I'm a dude so I'll have the occasional frozen burrito you know so well you can always take that beautiful bed of salad and buy a little bag of the chicken patties I think Tyson makes one that isn't really high in sodium yeah. Bake those up in 18 minutes, cut them up, throw them on top of your salad greens. A little bit of vinaigrette on top of it. Yeah. And you've made something healthy that when you're really tired, you know, start to finish, you're eating in 20 minutes. It's making me hungry right now. Well, I can't eat in the studio. <laughs> there's, there's some little shortcuts and that's why I kind of like being able to go into somebody's kitchen and kind of rearrange and teach them really easy, fast ways to eat better. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right. Artichoke egg bites. That's the uh, recipe. And uh, we post that on your site. And can you send us a copy that we can post on the Bear Cave social media page so they have a, a copy of it and they can make them? Of course, you'll have it before the end of the week, I promise. Looking forward <laughs> to it. All right. Chef Christy Link and uh, makeup artist Christy Link. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks for stopping in today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. When we come back, it is story time with Michelle, followed by the big news with our field producer, Trevor Phipps. Don't go away. Are you tired of gambling? Or maybe gambling just isn't your thing? Then you need to come visit the historic Butte Theater, located in the heart of Cripple Creek, Colorado. Enjoy our classic melodramas, Shakespeare of the West, musicals, comedies, and our community's favorite Christmas show. The Butte is fun for the whole family, so get your tickets today at thebuttetheater.com and come join in our fun. the bear cave and right now it's story time with michelle on the bear cave hotline 
Hey, Michelle, what's going on up there in Cripple Creek today? It is beautiful up here today. Yeah, it's been really nice for the last uh, few days. I was expecting some snow, never arrived, and I was kind of happy about that. But uh, yeah, I took a daycation on Monday, went out to a Buena Vista, Buena Vista, Buena Vista. (laughs) Yeah, that place. No, it was beautiful all weekend. Yeah. Sat out there and boiled like lobsters for a while and uh, and came on back. And you took a, a few days away too, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. We headed out to Crestone and uh, went to my brother's brew pub out there and uh, competed in a chili cook-off to benefit the Crestone Fire Department. Oh, wow. Did you actually compete yourself? Of course. Yeah. Yes. How'd you do? Well, um, Art, my partner, got second place in red chili and I got second place in green. All right. Yeah. There's room for improvement. <laughs> Shoot, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Why not? <laughs> hey, before we get started on uh, our story this week, uh, earlier in our first segment, we talked about the ballots coming out. Listeners probably know by now this is a recorded show. So yesterday when we were recording about instructions and ballot stuff, there was a press release that came out of the Taylor County Clerk and Recorder's Office. And if you got your ballot in the mail, you'll notice it was a little short. There were some things missing. So get rid of those ballots or basically just follow the instructions on the press release from the Teller County Recorder's Office. And uh, you'll get some new ballots sent out to you this Friday. So the best thing to do is just toss them and wait for the new ballots to come out and then go out and vote. But uh, in the meantime, there are no conspiracies going on. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hamas is not taking your ballots and voted for the opposition. So none of that's happening. So... Put that back in the closet, crawl back into your little bunker and wait until the ballots show up and go out and vote. Yes, go and vote. Yeah, but in the meantime, getting back on track, what we got going on for story time this week? So we had discussed we're going to keep it Halloween-y for a little bit Yeah, and kind of keep touching bases with different parts of that. So I picked um, how the black cat got associated with witches. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, poor black cats. <laughs> I know. I was even reading in it. I saw two different things. Some of the articles say that black cats are the hardest animals to rehome because people have such a bad connotation with them. And then other ones said, no, that's not true. But it's kind of crazy if you think about it. You know, all those poor abandoned kitties. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's hear about those guys. All right. So the connections between humans and cats can be traced back to some of the world's earliest civilizations, most notably ancient Egypt, where cats were considered divine symbols. Ancient Egyptian cats were worshipped and revered. Cats were also idolized in ancient Egypt culture that they even worshipped a cat goddess named Bestet, a guardian against disease and evil spirits. Killing a cat in ancient Egypt led to extreme punishments, including death. Oh, Wow. Yikes, I know, right? Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> so cats also made an appearance in Greek mythology. There's a myth that Zeus's wife once turned the, her servant into a black cat. This was punishment for stopping the birth of Hercules. The servant that was transformed into a black cat eventually became a strong supporter of Hecate, who is known as the goddess of witchcraft. This is why black cats have been commonly associated with witchcraft in Greek mythology. Okay, that's interesting. I did not know that. I didn't either. And think about now we're we're talking ancient still, you know? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So written records link black cats to the occult as far back as the 13th century when an official church document called Vox and Rana was issued by Pope Gregory IX, where he declared black cats were an incarnation of Satan. This (laughs) Satan, uh, right? (laughs) We're going to make this stuff up now. Why is it always the churches have to interject some nonsense after they got done, like, wiping out half the population of Europe during the Dark Ages? I don't get it. You know why? Because there's actually part of this, the article, and I didn't write this down. So what happened was back in in the day, witchcraft was more considered kind of like the Druid beliefs. You know, you're in tune with earth and the natural and all that kind of stuff. Well, it started competing against the church. And so that's when the church was like, "Mm, yep, yep, yep. No, we can't let this get more popular than us. Yeah. That's really what happened. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to that drinking and orgy thing with the brooms and all that kind of stuff. Right? <laughs> right. Oh, uh, haters. <laughs> so the statement that the black cat was an incarnation of Satan marked the beginning of the church-sanctioned witch hunts and laid the groundwork for the deadly witch trials that came later. 
Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'm blaming it on the cats. Right. <laughs> At some point, the pairing of witches with cats narrowed to black cats, although it's not entirely clear why that happened. Given the belief in medieval Europe that the devil and witches were capable of taking the form of black cats, it makes sense that the superstition surrounding crossing their paths developed. A black cat crossing your path might very well be a mission from a witch, or it could be the devil in disguise. <laughs> Ooh. And these days, it's a politician. <laughs> right? Oh, man. But basically, the idea of the black cat isn't a universal one that brings bad luck. In other countries, such as Scotland and Japan, they actually have been known to represent prosperity. So leave it to the Europeans to just kind of jack that up. <laughs> all the black cat phenomenon. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm telling you, it all relates to brooms. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm just going to leave that right there because hopefully people did their homework last week. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that was just kind of a quick story time, but it's very interesting. Another part I kind of left out was in European times when the bubonic plague was really surging, they thought the black cats brought it. And so they started killing off cats, which actually intensified the rat population, <laughs> which made the plague even worse. And I'm sitting there going, man, don't you guys learn anything from this? <laughs> yeah, remember, cats eat birds and mice and rats. Exactly. So just, you know... The crazy church saying, hey, this is what's happening and people following it, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know, never let a church get into the way of having fun. You know, I mean, it's right. just. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Wow. I, I had no idea. But uh, I, I didn't either. I really. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. I wonder if the term you can't fix stupid started back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, who knows? But then it kind of escalates, too, because it's like, oh, you know, don't walk underneath the ladder and this and that. Right, and right. Like, yeah, superstitions are a whole other thing. I remember getting a book on that when I was in grade school and learning all that stuff. And it's funny because I honestly, still today, when I knock over a salt shaker, I'm always throwing it over my shoulder. It's like almost ingrained <laughs> in me. I know it's the weirdest thing. It's really the weirdest thing. But it's true. Okay. okay. I'm... I'm I don't have a comeback for that, so yeah, what am I, what am I gonna say? Do we all still knock on wood? Um, yeah, yeah, on occasion. Yeah, I take. Okay. Yeah. All right. Guilty. Fine. You got me. Right. Here, kitty, kitty. Anyway. <laughs> so don't not adopt those black kitties. Actually, we had a black cat when I was married. She was a sweetheart. So, you know, don't sit there and think about, oh, black cats are this bad stuff. Please, please adopt those poor kitties. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really a cat person. I mean, I like them. And if I go to someone's house, I'm not allergic or I'm not afraid of them or anything like that. You know, that they're going right. to steal my soul like some right. kind of <laughs> Stephen King novel, you know? Exactly. Put that misnomer behind. <laughs> Yeah, please do. Well, with that being said, what have we got going on in Cripple Creek? I know there's a big weekend coming up for the Heritage Center. It is indeed. Um, we are having our first annual Witches and Warlocks Tea. We are super excited. Today, I got a call from the Two Mile High Club, who are the folks that take care of our donkeys. And they purchased three tables at our tea. And they are giving away 14. Uh, four of the tickets are already spoken for. So 14 tickets, They're get, we're giving away way free wow and just free to come and check it out and as i've tried to push the whole time this also supports the culinary department at the cripple creek and victor's high school they're doing all the catering and it gives them an opportunity to learn a little bit more about the culinary world what are the times for the tea is it just uh, you have to show up at a certain time or is it kind of a come and go kind of thing how does that all work no this is all by reservation only because we only have so many seats that we uh -huh. are offering so you need to call the Heritage Center, 719-689-3315 to either receive a free ticket. Once they're gone, they're gone. Or you can purchase the ticket for $30. Uh, doors open at 1130 on Saturday, and it goes till 2.30. We're going to have three different kinds of finger sandwiches, little tea sandwiches. We're going to have witch's eyes, deviled witch's eyes or something like that. So we've got a couple of appetizers, and then we have some desserts afterwards. And so for $30, basically you're getting a full meal and 
and a variety of teas. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's going to be a good time. We highly support you coming in costume. If you don't want to, you don't have to. That's fine, too. Um, it's just to kind of get us in the mood because the spooky season's here and it gives you an opportunity. We still have actually some trees with really cool leaves on them, to believe it or not. Yeah, I noticed that <laughs> heading out uh, towards Chafee County. The cottonwoods are still... Oh, they're spectacular. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it gives everybody an opportunity just to kind of get in, in the Halloween spirit. Let's get started. And, and it's all fun. Uh, we do ask that anybody attending be 12 or older at this time. You know, next time we might open it up to to younger group. But it's just, a, it's, it's fun. That's all we're doing. We're just having fun and getting ready for Halloween. Well, I know that I'm going to be there for sure. I'm going to be there. Yeah, Absolutely. So, so the Barricades are going to be there. Stop by and say hi to us um, if you see us. I don't know if I'm going to be in costume or not, but uh, here's a bad pun. Yeah, I just let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a boo coming there, I'm sure. But uh, anyway. Yeah, give us a call. Um, like I said, once those tickets are gone, they're gone. But we welcome anybody buying their own tickets. And we're just going to have fun. Yeah, and it's a good way to go into our, uh, our Halloween special next week. Come out there and enjoy some fellowship with your neighbors and people from Teller County and have some good food. Yeah, and support, like I said, support the Cripple Creek Victor School. That's our main focus. Yeah, that's an important deal. I'm uh, I'm going to be there for sure. Me too. So you guys got to come up and see us. All right. And before we go, Michelle says. <laughs> Everybody be safe out there. Keep your eyes on the road. Watch out for all that construction on the roads. It's still going on. Hopefully they'll be done soon. But, you know, pay attention. Don't run over any of those poor guys working on the roads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> it's starting to thin out a little bit, but still use caution for sure. Absolutely. All right, Michelle. Excellent story story and uh man i can't wait to see what happens next week i say that every week though don't i yeah yeah but we'll see you on saturday because you'll be up here absolutely all right until then michelle you have an awesome day and uh, i'll talk to you soon all right sounds good bye y'all okay bye bye now that was michelle roselle calling us from spooky cripple creek but up next on the bear cave hotline is the big news with our field producer trevor phipps Hey, Trevor, I usually say, hey, what's going on? But, uh, man, where do you begin? <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a little crazy lately. Yeah, I, I guess one of the, the items that comes to mind, you really can't avoid it. And I, I talked about it a little bit with uh, Michelle, is the whole ballot thing. Whatever mistake was made by a vendor, if you read the press release, it kind of lays it out there. But, oh, my God, people are running crazy right now with it. We've already gotten emails. We've gotten, we haven't gotten hate mail. We've just been getting replies. And, you know, people are hunkered down in their bunkers and conspiracy theories are everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I've been talking about it all morning. <laughs> oh, I bet you have. And just since we've been talking on this podcast, I think I've got about two or three missed calls. <laughs> yeah, I've got to ask you, you've been up here all your life. I mean, with the exception of, you know, traveling and, and going to school and stuff like that. And me, I've been a voter most of my adult life. I have never seen a school board election that is this off the hook. Have you? No, I mean, I, I want to say I've heard about some recently because there have been other parts of the United States or interest rates breaking out meetings and stuff. So it's probably happened to other places, but right. I personally have not. Experienced. But I took a drive out to uh, Buena Vista on Monday and I noticed because last week we were talking, it's like, yeah, I've noticed a lot of signs for one side or the other, you know, and the incumbents I've noticed probably twice as many signs in the last couple of weeks. And I've been getting all these handbills and, and stuff in the mail, which uh, I don't care which side it is. You send me something in the mail, it's going to hit the round file immediately because I don't I don't care. But uh, I can't even imagine the amount of money that's being spent on this election. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I talked to one of the school board candidates today and they said it record numbers on both sides as far as the money that has gone into this. Well, I mean, there haven't been elections. The last election was the first one in a number of years, I guess, right? Because I think about 20, say close to 20. Really? That long? Yeah. Wow. And now all of a sudden it's just like, it's dog eat dog. And I'm watching people just fighting online. Look, these are your neighbors. And everybody is going ballistic and just uh, getting really ugly, especially on Helldoor. I mean, I, every now and then I pop on there, you know, just to see what's going on. But uh, I forwarded the press release that came out, but the amount of comments and the paranoia and all that kind of stuff is like, it's out of control. All I'm saying is like, look, I encourage you to vote no matter what, because you're going to get another ballot in the mail. Instead of going online, why don't you just make a, oh boy, Stephanie Keyes is going to hate this. But if you have to call the Teller County clerk's office and get some satisfaction for yourself. But yeah, you think 
our phones and emails been blowing up today. <laughs> I can just imagine what that office is doing. Wow, uh, I feel sorry for those ladies and, and people out there, man. I, I tell you what, it's like they should have put out another press release saying that their phones were broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you hear a busy signal, there's a reason for that. Oh my gosh. It is just unprecedented. And uh, I think you're right. I think it's just such a, that, that's the way of politics are going right now. People want to hate each other and there's no end in sight other than I can't wait for this election to be over with. I'm so over it. Well, I do want to say something from what I came, all the research and stuff, what I've done, it's not Teller County's fault. It's not the clerk's fault. It, Correct. it was the issue with the vendor that makes the ballots and then mails them directly to the voters. So, but that doesn't mean people, she's still going to get the blame. It's still going to come on her because her office is responsible for it. Yeah. But you would think there'd be some sort of process to where like they would mail one to the county first and then they can make sure it was right. And then America takes pride in elections being done at a local level. So for like the local level to not have that kind of control, yeah, it doesn't seem right to me. Like they should be the last ones that see it before it goes to citizens. Yeah, you would think. But, uh, you know, again, don't beat up on Stephanie Keese. Look, if you don't want to trust the mail-in ballots and we reposted episode 113 with uh, Stephanie Keys on it, where it explains how Teller County conducts the elections. You can always go and vote in person. You have that right to do that. And I encourage you to do it. If you don't want to mail in ballot, that's cool. Just go and show up and do it yourself. And actually, that's kind of the funny part, too. Everybody's getting all fired up. Most of Teller County does that anyway. Yeah. Like pretty much all of Cripple, Cripple Creek doesn't get any mail-in ballots. Pretty much everybody in Cripple Creek shows up that day and fills it out. Goes that's a voter paranoia thing, but so to me, it's it's kind of not an issue because the people that actually are going to mail in exactly aren't going to be that much. But they're just they're concerned a about it's going to decrease voter turnout. Some people probably just aren't going to know. Oh, you're right. Just fill out that ballot, and then the other thing is people they're going to be double ballots. People are going to be sending it, get one, send it, get another, send it. That's going to cause a lot of chaos with the curbs up. I should have asked uh, Stephanie Keese if uh, I know there's a checks and balances within the Dominion machines. I think I won't say it's impossible, but I'm pretty sure that if you have a second ballot that comes in there, it's going to pick it up. You know, the computer is going to pick that thing up and it's not going to allow you to do that. You know, the conspiracy theories, just go ahead and lock those back up in the closet. I don't see a big conspiracy theory other than, you know what? The state needs to fire the vendor and find somebody else because people actually think that there's like a bunch of uh, elves that are stuffing envelopes in Cripple Creek and that's not what's happening at all. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's so many weird things going on right now. You know what? Here's another thing. If you're a canvasser, just feel free to bypass the bear cave because I don't need a lot of, uh, you know, Andy land volunteers coming up and knocking on my door, trying to convince me of how I should vote. And uh, we talked about this last week too. I think most of the people have already decided who they are going to vote for. So, you know, last minute canvassing, I mean, it's your right to do that for sure. But uh, I didn't see this last year. I didn't see this kind of hostility or, or last election, I should say. I didn't see this kind of hostility. And uh, man, there's just a amount of vitriol that's going on online and, and everywhere else is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Well, besides that nonsense that's going on, it's just permeating every facet of life up here in Teller County. Uh, what else is going on? I did go this week to, uh, they had a nice ceremony for pretty much the only Teller County deputy that's died in the line of duty in recent history. Uh, Brent Holloway, who passed away in 1995, because he was shot in the back of the head by an arson suspect. Oh, Lord. And, you know, it was the 28th anniversary on Monday. So I went out there and they did a nice little ceremony for him. And they've got a cool little memorial set up for him in this trail in, in Divide. And with all that being said, let's move on to something a little bit more, uh, a little lighter subject, and that is sports. And man, you witnessed the comeback of comebacks last week, didn't you? Yeah, uh, the Air Force game was awesome. They were down 14 to nothing. I mean, even at halftime, I think it was 21-17, but it came out after the half and looked like a completely different team. They fumbled two drives in a row or two possessions in a row towards the end of the game. So it got a little worrisome, but they came out in the end, went at 34-27, but it was, it was one those games that stayed exciting till the very end. And it was just a good game. They, they beat a good team. You know, I've been saying they haven't really played anybody this year, but now that they have, a little bit more of a believer now. Well, they're about to play uh, your alma mater coming up in a couple of weeks, I guess, too. And uh, 
I wouldn't count CSU out out of the Mountain West Conference at all. Yeah, they're improving quite a bit. They had an awesome comeback, too. They got a Hail Mary at the very end of the game and won 31-30 against Boise State. They actually never beat Boise State in school history. And you want to talk about highlights? Man, that Hail Mary pass? Because they rehearse these Hail Mary passes all the time. But you talk about a CSU player that was there at the right place at the right time. That was an ESPN Top 5 highlight last week. Yeah, I know. For a Mountain West team to make ESPN Top 5, that's pretty impressive. That is pretty awesome. Well, what's happening here in Teller County as far as high school sports goes? It's looking okay. Um, the, the Panthers lost again, so I 26-18 last week, so I think they're probably out of the playoff possibilities. The boys' soccer team was doing really good. They didn't lose a game. It's August 31st, and then last week they lost two. They were 9-1-2, and now they're 9-3-2, which kind of dropped them down from the top 10. I just looked, it looks like they're 17 right now. They've got one more regular season game, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it looks like they, they dropped ranking from first in their division to third, so I don't know what we'll just have to see how it plays out. But they were the closest ones that had a chance of getting into the playoffs, but that might not happen. Well, you know, on a good note, though, they had a hell of a season, though. Congratulations to those guys because 9-3, and three, that's a great record. Yeah, no, and I, I'm pretty sure they broke the record, the school record for the best record that the Boyd soccer team has ever had. All right, good for you, Panthers. Well, if nothing else, look at it this way. We are one day closer to the Vibes opening game. Yeah, yeah. If, no, if nothing else, that's a bright spot as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. All right, Trevor, I'm going to let you go because I know you're super busy filling all those calls and emails about the ballot issues. And uh, hopefully next week we'll have uh, some more interesting things to talk about. Yeah, for sure. You have a good day. All right, Trevor, you too. Talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Bye now. That was our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. And coming up in our next segment, we'll be talking to another one of our title sponsors. It's the Butte Theater Manager, Zach Staniel, followed by News of the Weird, and then find out who gets the big boot under the bear pile this week. So stick around. By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds, or reducing stress. You can always improve your health. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, then you've come to the right place. Animus Wellbeing in Woodland Park, Colorado offers nutritional consultations. We work with you to design a program that fits your specific needs to help you enjoy a better quality of life. So check us out at animuswellbeing.com. That's A-N-I-M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G.com. Or call us at 818-400-1456. Let us help you to achieve a life of optimal well-being. Cave. I am Dennis Zerl, and on the Bear Cave Hotline, it's one of our title sponsors and the manager of the Butte Theater, Zach Stanio. Zach, how are you, my friend? Dennis, I'm doing well. Doing well, brother. Just shucking uh, and jiving, I guess. How's that fatherhood coming along with that uh, new baby girl of yours? Uh, it's well, it's going well. I still haven't figured out the timing thing yet, like getting out of the house on time and uh, all that <laughs> stuff, and like not taking into account that mom has other things she has to do before she can leave. So we're still, still figuring it out. But, uh, it's, other than that, dude, it's awesome. She's like, you can tell she's just about to start laughing. Like she gets the idea of it. It just hasn't connected to where it's like, Oh, I can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll be like little bobbleheads for a couple of years, you know? And then, uh, yeah, then you can let them go play with a dog or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, oh yeah, uh, yeah. But she's great, man. She's had her eyes open since day one, just checking things out, smiling at you. It's it'll, it'll melt your heart. Well, man, I can't wait to see her. But uh, anyway, in the meantime, what's happening at the Butte Theater? So uh, coming up next at the Butte, we have uh, two different shows. Uh, one is opening this Friday. Uh, it's a night of Edgar Allan Poe um, that'll be playing 
this weekend and next weekend. Tickets are only $15. The Friends of the Beat are putting that on. And then uh, the first two weekends in November, we'll be searching for Patsy Klein. So they did that show back in the spring and it was phenomenal success. Uh, they took it on the road to Raton, did well down there. Uh, they brought it back to Cripple Creek and uh, added a couple scenes and some songs. So it's, uh, for those of you who've seen it, uh, it's a different experience, but still, you know, wonderful music of Patsy Klein and uh, sure to be a good time for everyone. Man, I can't wait because I did miss it last year. So I plan on seeing that one for sure. Oh, you let me know and I'll hook it up. Absolutely. And uh, we're not going to talk about Christmas just yet because there's a bunch of things that are still happening. Christmas is happening though. I will tell you Christmas is happening. We've got a phenomenal show picked out. I have to get the uh, council approval this afternoon and then uh, we'll be good to go. All right. And uh, when that uh, announcement happens, then we'll expect you to come back on the show and uh, you know, you can come on anytime you want, my friend. We love having you on. Amen. Well, I love I love being on, and we love uh, just the support you guys provide to the Butte. I know it's been a uh, it's been a weird year for the Butte Theater, but um, you know, with the support of the community and just the, the the love from our patrons, I've ever felt it. Now is the time I felt it the most. Well, for me, I've always said this: it's the crown jewel of Cripple Creek. It's not going to be Chamonix, you know. Although that's uh, it's going to be a really nice you know hotel and casino, I'm sure. But uh, for just sheer enjoyment and entertainment and just getting away from things for a few hours, the Butte Theater is the place to go. And uh, I plan on attending a lot more shows. Amen. All right, Zach, we're going to keep you on the hook. And uh, now that you're living in Woodland Park, you're really close to the Bear Cave. So anytime you want to come in on the show, you just make that phone call and we'll make it happen. Oh, you know it, brother. And you and I still have to get out and hit the links before it starts snowing. So... Yeah, we'll be hitting the ice balls here pretty soon. I, I'm pretty sure Shiny Mountain <laughs> does uh, snow golf, so. <laughs> yeah, I hear you for sure. All right, my friend, we're going to let you go because I know you got a busy day planned ahead. But uh, everyone, get out there to the Butte Theater, support that crown jewel, like I said before, because uh, that's just something that doesn't exist in a lot of towns. And uh, we're very fortunate to have you and have the Butte Theater there. Thank you, brother. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. That was our title sponsor and manager of the Butte Theater, Zach Stanyo. And right now, it's that time again. It's time for News of the Weird. This week, the headline reads, Armed and Clumsy. All right, well, let's dive into it. As Michael Gardner, 62, officiated a wedding in Denton, Nebraska on September 30th, he inexplicably tried to get the attention of the guest by shooting a handgun into the air. Okay, that's a new one. But instead, Gardner shot his 12-year-old grandson in the shoulder. This is according to Lancaster County Sheriff's Chief Ben Hoochin, who said, quote, Gardner wanted to start the wedding with a bang. When he decided to cock the hammer of his revolver, it slipped, end quote. <laughs> the ammunition was blank, but Gardner had apparently put the powder into the casing and then glued it. The glue is what injured the child. Chief Hoochin said Gardner was charged with child abuse. Quote, the act was not very smart. End quote. Not very smart? That's an understatement. What the hell were you thinking, Grandpa? Maybe it was that talk you had with uh, Alec Baldwin before the wedding. Something along the lines of, uh, hey, do you have a revolver? I got an idea. Oh, my God. What a moron. And of course, with a move like that, you are more than a deserving candidate for, you got it, the bear pile. Each week, we nominate a person, place, and or thing that should be tossed onto the bear pile to be eaten by the bears. From last week's nominations, the person, place, and or thing to be launched onto the bear pile is... And without question, the Democratic Socialist and Terrorist Sympathizer, Representative Rashida Tlaib, for supporting Hamas terrorists and making them the victim in murder and rape of innocent Israeli civilians. You know, we simply just wish that you would just leave the United States and take Ilhan Omar and Cory Bush with you. Yeah, now Tlaib, she's even hating on poor old Sniffy Joe, but uh, why do these idiots keep voting for these women? I don't get it. The nominations this week for the honor of diving onto the bear pile are number one, the Democratic Socialist College professors and teachers, and of course, the idiot students in the United States for soliciting unwanted stupidity and running that hole in your head about how horrible the Israelis are and how much we should support the murdering terrorist groups like Hamas. You know, I have a novel idea. 
How about just teaching or being a student and keep your personal opinions to yourselves during school hours? After that, you can put on your party dress and prance around spewing your phony outrage. We don't care. Number two, the only fat guy in North Korea. That's right, Kim Jong-un for being Xi Jinping's lapdog and supplying Vlad the Impaler with more ammo to kill innocent civilians. Look, Kimster, how about you stop executing your own people and in return, the U.S. will send you Dennis Rodman. Yeah, for keeps. Yay! That way you can start your own boy band and make your teenagers listen to Oon Pop. Yeah, that's a win-win. And number three, hotshot wedding planner Michael Gardner for officiating at a wedding thinking it was a scene out of Tombstone. Look, Michael, it's pretty simple. Leave your Civil War revolver at home. And, oh, by the way, make sure you write plenty of apologetic letters to your grandson from jail. And uh, if he doesn't write back, well, there's always Alec Baldwin. Well, that's it for me this week, but before Dozer and I roll out of the Bear Cave, I would like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate, The Butte Theater, and Animus Wellbeing. I want to thank my guests today from Animus Wellbeing and one of our title sponsors, Chef Christy Link. Who knew that you had so many talents? Well done. I also want to thank our other title sponsor, the manager of The Butte Theater, Zach Staniel, for coming on to the Bear Cave Hotline. Thanks to my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, for bringing us another great story time, and our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. As always, if you have an event coming up or you want to sponsor the show you can reach us on our facebook page this week in the bear cave or our instagram page by the same name you can send your comments and hate mail to this week in the bear cave at gmail.com we may answer then again we may not you can access the show on a number of platforms including spotify anchor by spotify podbean radiopublic.com iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts our celebrity not-so-celebrity guest next week is going to be the dictator of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Yep, none other than Kim Jong-un. We want to know if it's true that he invited the Backstreet Boys reunion tour to Pyongyang. Yeah, Kim, we know that their poster's probably hanging up on one of those re-education camps of yours. You know, that uh, same camp that's right next to that cow farm. Sniffy Joe's Department of Homeland Security and his border mini-me, Alejandro Majerkus, was supposed to come onto the Bear Cave hotline, but apparently Obama has him down in Texas pouring concrete for that uh, border wall. Yeah, go figure. Until next week, be well, and thanks for listening. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity. 